Alright, what's up guys? Nate and Philip back at it again with episode number 23 of the Pokey Talk Podcast. What is going on? It's effing cold. That's yeah. what's going on. Yeah, it Negative is. Five. It is quite Negative. chilly. <laughs> We're kind yeah. of, uh, if you remember the winter storm, if you're affected by it from a week ago, that's when we're recording, uh, kind of a week before live time. But yeah, it's uh, my phone was showing negative eight with the wind chill of negative 32. And uh, yeah, tomorrow, the highest, not you know, the literal highest temperature, but the highest wind chill, um, it's going to be negative 17 at the highest point tomorrow. So pretty chilly Christmas time. <laughs> yes, it is. It is merciless out there. I'm still wearing shorts, though. <laughs> I, I don't have to work outside, so I, I can pull that. And I was actually, I tested myself when I, when I was at work today. I was like, let's see how long I can last. And obviously, I realize this is frostbite weather, but I'm still curious. And I mean, it, it, you start feeling the pain coming oh, yeah. at you after about 30 seconds. Like, it's it, it, it burns. It's so cold, it burns. So... Hey, we, uh, you know, Christmas Eve, the high is going to be 17, positive 17, so A balmy good. 17, yeah, a balmy 17 degrees. But literally a week from today, it's showing the high at 62, so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in Missouri, if you guys uh, don't know, <laughs> but that's just typical. Like, just, just like last year, too, like we would get like four inches, six inches of snow, and then within three days, it would be gone because it would be... 55 degrees already yeah so like it was weird we got a lot of precipitation last year but it was like you wouldn't think it because by that weekend or within two to three days you're you're outside in shorts or in like a light jacket <laughs> so i was like oh okay yeah it, it's definitely weird so yeah same thing this year but yeah for this episode of the podcast we are going to be Talking about our 2023 goals. Oh, yeah. And uh, just laying it out there. We're recording this in a couple sections, so um, you guys might not notice in the recording. But, yeah, we're going to be talking about what our plans are for the year. Um, some of the cons we're going to plan on going to. Our plans for those. Some cards we're going to be checking out. Um and uh, maybe we could talk about our predictions for those cards and why they are on our list. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about a Mario Pikachu in the main topic. Um, Woo! And why we're both kind of eyeing that card right now. Um, yeah. Kind of many factors for that. But uh, yeah, anything else you have for the intro? Anything well, I don't want to give too much away because uh, uh, I, I want to discuss more in the main topic, but I may or may not have my eyes currently on it, and I may or may not have the Pikachu before the end of the year. We'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. Like You'll stay tuned for more because I don't even know <clears throat> because we are splitting it up because of Christmas and all that. Um, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Might have it by so, the end of the month, potentially. Yeah, yeah, next yeah. Month. Well, like we'll see. I've submitted an offer, so we'll we'll just I'll just leave it at that. So we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, 
and my little hint to what's to come. I'm I'm prepping myself, but I'm kind of waiting for taxes to go through. But I'm prepping for some moves. Like as soon as that's done, I'm gonna be pulling the trigger on something. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. But for the news, though, um, got three topics we want to talk on. Um, p- new 2023 PSA pricing. Um, a new art contest featuring Drafifi on an EX card. And then the 2022 art contest. Uh, they announced how they're going to distribute those winner cards. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, I guess first up is PSA pricing. Um, yeah. We should have seen it coming. Yeah. We should have seen it coming. They So right now, what do they have? They have 18 for Collector's Club. They actually up that to 19. So that is with the Collector's Club exclusive. So they upped it by a dollar. Um, that alone, being a weird number at 19, is probably just to like butt inflation for them. You know, that $1 increase across the board should really, you know, see a surge to kind of combat that. Um, that is value bulk. Um, but I would say real fast, what they yeah. did, though, to counteract that, it's like, so, yeah, we might have increased it a little bit, but what we're going to do is also increase the declared maximum value. And it that really helps out the yeah. Pokemon. Because now it's 500, oh, 499 to be exact. But that's actually a big deal because most of Pokemon's cards, at least modern and whatnot, are going to be under that $500 limit. Not all, like your chase cards won't be, but like almost everything else. So it does potentially counteract on some value and cost for people that submit a lot. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, if you have a card that you're expecting to grade, like after the grade, be worth... 200 to 500 dollars like it's a no-brainer good thing for you because otherwise before you'd have to up that in a tier um, or get upcharged for it i know like a lot of my stuff that i sent in at the 15 dollar tier especially the first order was kind of flirting with 200 dollars um so a, a few of the cards i fudged and put like 190 when they're really like 210 or 220 and they still went through um, just fine, but they probably give you small leeway. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of cards around that two hundred mark. You know, a couple hundred dollars that I like collecting. Those are my favorite cards to buy. Like you know, a couple hundred dollar cards in the PSA nine. So I think a lot of mine will fit in the new range pretty nicely. Um, so yeah, but if you're not a member which I think membership is still $100 a year. Um, You know, you make that money back if you grade things like that. You know, if you're grading just a handful of cards, that's a 20-card minimum. That almost pays for it right there. Um, But, yeah, if you're not a member, they have value at $25 a card, so that is the cheapest option that really cuts out a lot of these modern cards that are really overprinted, even character rares, I'd argue, you know, cards that could squeeze out like 50, 40 bucks. 
Um, if you're paying 25 and shipping it, I mean, you're essentially just paying just to have it encapsulated in your personal collection and not selling yeah. it. But just at that level, you know, unless the card's worth more than 50 bucks, your taxes when you sell it, you know, and fees, it's going to pretty much be a negative for you. So, and I think that I think that's kind of where we're at now is basically if it's under 50 bucks or ish, I mean, maybe it can be 40, 45, maybe, but you would have to be a member to make that even worth it. And chances are at that point, if the price is that it, you're either, it's either a card you want encapsulated, as you said, or basically you're, you're a vendor, like you're a store seller. So it kind of makes it to where it cuts down on a lot of the crap, essentially. Yeah. No more PSA 7 <clears throat> evolutions. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's going to lose lots of money at this tier. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it just kind of cuts out a lot of crap. And people, you know, just getting smarter with submitting things, too. So... It's overall good, and both the turnaround times for those are 65 business days, so pretty good. It's a little more than two months as business days, but in reality, it's a lot longer than that because it's business days. So you think about that, it's almost three Three months, months. yeah, Yeah. which is essentially like what they're doing right now. So not much has changed there. But you can get it sooner because we got ours back in two months. And I'm interested to see when we hear about the hex card as well. Yeah. Or our like our order, I mean, is what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm kind of wondering if we might hear about it in February. I'm curious. I'm hoping a little, I'm hoping a little bit for that. Um, but, yeah, who knows? It'll be kind of interesting to see how fast they get through that. Because it seems like they're ahead of schedule from what we've seen. Yeah. And we did send early on that one, on this last one, we pretty much sent, you know, in the late middle pack. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I got the email that it was there and in the system like two days ago. So it kind of sat there, I think, for a couple days before they got it logged into the system. So it might be a minute. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they had like a little backlog of um, submissions to get in the system there, but probably just from the weekend and stuff. Yeah, and you know, you also got the holidays coming up too, but mm-hmm. you know, it's also kind of interesting because the major holidays fall on the weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I obviously realize some companies will observe the holiday the day following, like some companies will observe the holiday on the Monday for both Christmas and New Year's, so that would be interesting. Um, but so you're only looking at really two days missed at most. So I don't know. In years past, it would sometimes be like, oh, it's Christmas Eve on like the Thursday and then Christmas on the Friday. So you would have the whole weekend shot. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens and we'll give you an update. But if you guys want to submit. You know, I haven't really said anything about this, but next year, if I know people or I could like open it for people on the podcast, um, I know we have some people interested in that. 
Um, I'm okay with submitting cards for people. Um, you know, if you kick me back like a dollar per card or something just for the work. Um, if people are interested in that. So, yeah, just let me know. Obviously, I don't mind doing it now because, I mean, it might be like less than five people in total for <laughs> yeah. like all of the, all of next year. I don't want it to be more than, you know, that really just doing it as a favor. And if you're listening to this and you're in early on the podcast then that's something I can provide for you, but yeah, the other values though are $40 value plus it cuts the business days down to 20. So essentially a month. So you're paying $15 more, but that also has the max declared value at $500. So this would only be worth it if, A, obviously if you want it back sooner, no matter what the situation. But, you know, at this point you're talking a car has to be like $70 to be worth it-ish. Um, but you pretty much only want to be using this tier unless you absolutely have to have it back sooner. Like you pretty much only want to be using this if you're really close to that $500 mark. Um, yeah. Or if you're trying to get something potentially first to market yeah. or near first to market, like within the first, the first wave, I'll say that maybe not like the first to market first week, but within the first month, that's when you're going to see the highest. It's only going to go down even after the first couple of weeks, but you'll still get decent you'll still get some of the highs, just not as high when you submit that early and if you are going for that rapid pace. So it could work out depending on how early you get it. Um, it also de it would depend on, like, are you, do you have access to a distributor because, or get, getting access to the product very early, which is usually synonymous with the former. So it's like, it would really vary. I, like, you're gambling a little bit. But sometimes it's worth it. I mean, it's not like a huge amount, but yeah. only so much stuff would be would be worth it in Pokemon, in my opinion. Now, the seventy-five dollars a car is the same way, but like, say there was a new Umbreon, like the VMAX Umbreon, and you knew it was a ten, and you knew you were one of the first ones to have it. I mean, maybe. Yeah the uh, the problem with the forty dollars tier is that max declared value. It's still five hundred dollars. Yep. So if it's like a huge card, like you want to bump up to that regular $75 a card tier. Um, that is 10 business days and that jumps way up to um, $1,500. So it's weird that the 25 and 40 are the same. Um, I don't know why they didn't make the 40 like a $1,000 value. Probably just to you know, justify the jump up to 75, make that look more appealing. But yeah, the $40 tier is going to be like very situational, but pretty much only if you don't care and you just want the card back that much faster and you don't want to jump up to 75, I think it's the yeah. only reason. Cause if you're trying to be first to market, you want to be up at the higher tier anyway of mm -hmm. 75, but yeah, interesting to see how it plays out. There's a dual service bulk, which is like if you're getting signatures or something like that. Um, that's 75 business days for 25 bucks. That is a collector's club exclusive only. So 
that's going to be like small signatures, like conventions and stuff like that. Because the declared value there is $500 as well. But that's pretty much it for the pricing, though. Um, yeah, next up on the list is... The illustration. Yeah. Or which illustration, which illustration contest. Which illustration contest? We got... It's topical in this, in this intro section. Let's talk about <laughs> the Drifi-Fi... EX okay. card contest first. This is the one that's very, very intriguing. Um, so, in the December 15th issue, so it's already... They they announced a contest to create a Graphii EX card. So, you can see this on Pokey Beach right now. So, we have talked about cards that's been similar to this. Um... Some of those cards were the 2009 illustration contests with Arceus and even the 2010, and there's been a few others. But this is very reminiscent of those cards. And what's intriguing is what it says about the first place winners and the runner-ups. Now, Pokey Beach is translating, or they're getting their information through somewhere else that translated it or, or whatever. So there, it's we don't have all the specific details in this. It's, it's not very clear, um, but we know that the winners, the first place winners, we believe it to be one or two. From what they said, they they say winners and they say one or two. So even they don't even know. Yeah, uh, is kind of like if you read it, it's, it gives out contradicting information. It's very minute stuff, not like you know the core details of the article, but like. When you're trying to understand how many of these there could be, it's it's very unclear. Um, so we'll have to know, we'll have to learn more about that later. But there is because in the writing it indicates there might be fifty up to fifty two unique cards printed out that are numbered. So that can't be right, right? <laughs> yeah, I I mean the way I interpret it as you know it says. They're looking for a design and then also the name of the attack. So they say they're going to be judged differently. So one art might win and then one attack name might win and those two combined will make the card. But yeah, for the distribution, where does it say here? First place winners will get their entry made into a real Drafifi EX card. They will get a copy of the card and each of the starter set EX decks. 50 runner-ups will get the same prizes. So that's where it's kind of confusing. It's like, well, will the runner-ups get their own cards made? But then again, it says the first place winners will get their entry made into a Drafi-Fi card. So it's like, why is it say first place winners? There's multiple first place winners. Yeah, it's just very, very unclear. So if there's multiple first place winners, well, let me back it up. So I think it just means like they'll get a copy of the card sent to them. And then that card is going to be like in the set later on. No, I, I interpret it differently than that. I interpret it as like, see, this is, this is how unclear it is. We both have, there's like, there's like in fifth grade text, right? 
there's like maybe eight sentences, and even we both disagree on the interpretation. That should tell you how unclear it is. Yeah. Because I interpret it as it will. It, so it is a Graphite EX card, but it doesn't say anything. I don't see that it, it might be in a set. And it, it would be I'm, weird if they just give them a copy and that's it. Like, hey, thanks. Here's the card. And then it releasing the set. Um, maybe there'll be something on the card that says winner or first place. There'd have place. to be a stamp. That if they did that, I feel like they would place a stamp on it or something. But if that's the uh, case, like, is this like a 50-copy card and it's going to be well, like a trophy card? Well, like, if we look at some of the past examples, so, like, don't want to go back long, long ago in early Pokemon to the mid to late 90s because that's so different. I don't think you can really compare it to, to now. But if you look at past examples of this for Pokemon or Koro Koro has done this, you've had the... Uh, you had the 09 and the 2010 illustration contest and 100 presumed approximately of the 09 contest for the Coroco, Corocoro and 200 plus presumed for the 2010. And they were just so, handed to the winners, right? Yes, that's correct. But there was some that were obviously weren't given. Like it's believed actually that most of the ones that had made it to market with the, both the, the 2009 illustration contest and 2010 illustration contest, those weren't the ones from the winners. Those were the ones that never left the printing room. <laughs> yeah. And the reason being because one of the guys that has a complete set, one of the few guys that probably in the world that has a complete set, I think they're all PSA 10 of the Arceus ones from 2009, was he bought it from a grown man of the names that weren't similar to the winners. So, you know... Yeah. Do the math. <laughs> like, it, most it, likely. Yeah. Occam's Razor, right? You know? It could be taken as that. I just don't think that they would do that in 2020. And it also makes me think, like, they want to do that because they say 50 runner ups will get the same prizes. Um, which, yeah, I think even if it was the same card given 50 copies, like, that's something. But. It says another 50 double chance winners. So, like, winners 50 through 100 will get a booster pack from the latest set. So, one booster pack. <laughs> so, because that... Thank you for the shipping. Yeah, that, that <laughs> prize... Here's, here's $2. <laughs> yeah, because that prize is just, like, one booster pack, it makes me think, like, the other prizes, like... How would you feel, like, first place and 50 other runner-ups get, like, a 1 out of 50 card, and then the next 50 get one booster pack. So that that's what makes me think it's just, like, a copy of the card, like, and then the starter set for free. Like, hey, thanks, you won. Here's a little gift. Well, in a lot of these type of contests, it's also been a clear, like, um, tier in terms of the runner-ups. So, for example, the first place, whoever they are, they'll get the obviously the best prize and then the next runner-ups will get a decent prize but they'll get they won't get like the the, the grail prize they'll get the and prize if, if you know what i'm saying from yeah. the first place winners and this is where the lack of writing and verbiage make it to where it's very difficult to fully interpret it 
But I'm assuming, I, although it says 50 runner-ups will get the same prizes, I'm assuming it's, it means you'll get the starter set EXX, and the first two or whoever will win the cards that might get the numbered cards. And I'll tell you right now, if that, is, if that ends up being the case, I mean, those cards out of the gate are going to be thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, that would be the case, but I don't think... I, yeah, I don't think they would want to do that or they intend to do that. I mean, I know Zorark is pretty, you know, he's well-liked. But, I mean, if you're looking at something where potentially with some of them where over 100 copies have hit the market, but it's very niche, obviously. This is also niche. But what if you're looking at something like only 40 to 50? I mean... I think the days of like that rarity. You, I thought so that. too. <laughs> I thought so too, but I don't know. We'll see. I I, I I agreed with you until I read this, but you know maybe I'm just trying to get myself hyped up. So it's like you could argue even subconsciously I might be biased to that because I want to see that. Knowing but, Pokemon, like they probably literally just give them a copy of the card and then the starter set that anyone can get from the set or buy from the store. And because they don't want people to have like a card like that, that they can sell, they would probably just like make it a certificate. Like the Pokemon company recognizes you as a winner. Like that, well, that's probably maybe. something they would do. I could also them doing a stamp as well. Whereas you will reprint the card, but the stamp version will be the hyper rare version. And we've seen throughout other cards in Pokemon's history where the stamp doesn't always guarantee success, even though it's it's very scarce in terms of its long-term value. That won't make it value. a one out of 50 card, though, that I don't think they so, want. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's... But who's to say they'll get only 50 copies? That's kind of what we're assuming, right? But, like, what, what if they get, like... 200 just like they did in the last major illustration contest that they did yeah and then again i mean i i don't know I'm, I'm just saying like there's there's definitely ways of them doing it to but slim slim chance yeah slim chance but like it would never be done here obviously yeah and i guess but, the way i why i think that also goes into our next news topic which i guess we can go ahead and jump in yeah um, so this is the 2022 contest that was held, what was it, early this year? Like real early? They had an illustration yeah. contest of like um, select Pokemon and then they chose three winners. And the three winners, there was like over 100 submissions that you could look at and vote on. Yeah, it was, it was pretty extensive. But three... Three cards won. There's a Bulbasaur, Arcanine, and Greninja. And these are going to be released in English, too, as exclusives. Not English exclusives, but they have a Illustration Contest 2022 stamp on them. And they're going to be exclusive to the Pokemon Center, just like the Special Delivery Charizard distribution. So That you won't get a code for. Yeah, probably not. They're probably all bought up by bots already, so good luck. Yeah, yeah. There is 
I'll try to link this if I remember when editing um, in the description, but in case I don't, it's on Pokey Beach. There's a link there where you can sign up for the distribution page and all that. Um, you can submit your information to the Pokemon Center and they'll do a drawing for the codes. If you get a code, you have to purchase $30 or more from the Pokemon Center. Um, I think codes expire September 30th, so it's a long time from now. Kind of yeah. like the Charizard, you know, they're going to be going for a while. They're going to have plenty of cheap. these. Yeah. But you get a promo pack with all three cards in them, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, cards are going to be super cheap. It would be cool to have a pack unopened. Um, That'd be neat. But yeah, they're they're not hollow or anything. These cards yep. are going to be super cheap. And let's be real, like the art that one is kind of meh, especially with the Arcanine. Yeah, there were so many like cooler Arcanine drawings. I agree. There were several ones. Whenever that one, I was like, what? <laughs> like there, I thought there was like three to five ones that were better. And then Greninja, they were all kind of meh. I mean, I guess this was the better one. Yeah, this one looks cool, and Bulbasaur is okay. Not terrible. Yeah. But Arcanine, yeah, you're like... But Bulbasaur was the same as well. There was also better ones, I thought. Yeah. But yeah, they're uh, continuing the distribution on there. Um, I guess it's still worth it to scalp with bots because you can then send the code if people don't get them. You know, even if you're selling the code for like $2, that's $2 for doing nothing. So maybe they're cracking down on it more. I don't know, but think the uh charizard codes are about to expire now so yeah i mean i'm just gonna get a nine like that's just what i'll do you said 70 bucks i mean i mean taking a look at the last time i'll eventually just buy a nine even the tens probably won't be crazy for prices that is that that is a card though where a 10 down the line might be worth quite a bit of money uh like it might do well because it is such a cool unique card yeah, and the quality wasn't super great. So it was horse trash. There's a, what it was. There's a yeah, there's a little something there for sure. But yeah, I like the special livery cards, the uniqueness of them and just the story behind the Charizard. Like, it's so cool. But it's one of those like the Charizard UPC, like, yeah, they're super cheap going for hundred dollars tops right now, but the value is still there. You still get three cool promos and some cool packs. Well, I'm sure a lot of people so. are trying to create the move for like for the Charizard, but sometimes when a card like that is super cheap, it's a great time to buy because while it'll never get to a thousand dollars, it'll easily go from whatever it is like thirty five, whatever is raw, to potentially a hundred dollars yeah. in due time. Like I mean, that, that that's a future one hundred dollar card all day. Yeah. So. If the demand can scoop them up, though, there's a lot. Yeah, I would think sealed potentially, but eventually, like I think it will, just because it's Charizard. If it was any other Pokemon, well, maybe Umbreon, but like if it was any, almost any other Pokemon, I would say it's gonna be a long time. It'll be it'll be like the ancient Mew in some ways, um, but you know, yeah. and a lot of that can be said for many cards. Like, do you put yeah, your money in a 
like a hundred dollar card that goes to one fifty, or do you put your money in a two dollar character rare that can go to twenty bucks? You exactly, know? near mint. That's kind of that's kind of what I was telling people. I'm like, I was. I mean, this was through Reddit. I was saying, you're better play on rather than buying sealed stuff because it'll take so long to get your money back. Is buying near mint character rares, especially some of the better character rares. And like most of them are at their all time low, and some are only a few bucks. But if the Gengar is only like five bucks, I mean, that Gengar is, is easy a future twenty to twenty five dollar card in your mint. Yeah. Like that's, and it won't even take that long, I think, to to get there, honestly. And then boom, you just four to five, five times your money in a couple of years, whereas everybody's still waiting on the booster boxes. Cause everybody's doing the same thing. So, yeah. You can move your money faster and do more stuff with it rather than just have it tied up and sealed product is what I'm saying. Unless you are alpha investments, you know, Rudy, where you can have that money to have a huge capital <laughs> and have a huge warehouse or like buy a lot at once. It's not your money's better suited for other things, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's pretty much all in the news. Um, we'll head into the main topic. It's going to be pretty much like... I don't know. We'll try to make it like an hour because uh, we had some pretty long episodes, but I think this one, you know, we're just going to be kind of rambling and spitting our theories and whatnot. We, so we, and if we alarm you, we sound like manic fools. Don't, don't be alarmed. Everything's okay. Yeah. It's just, it's just because we are. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, but yeah, on that note, <laughs> Yeah, we'll hop on into the main topic. All right, so the main topic, our goals for 2023. Uh, we, we've we covered this before, but, you know, with the new year, it's time to reevaluate them and kind of go forward with some of the cards we're chasing and give you guys insight on how we're going to go about it. So... Before we uh, jump into our specific goals, you know, we talked about one of your goals being the Mario Pikachu, which mm-hmm. I think is probably still up there. But you've uh, you've kind of had an update, and I, you know, we recorded the intro part of this podcast before this section. Um, I think we were recording when the temperature wind chills were negative thirty, and now it's in the sixties. So, hey, <laughs> swing in a week. <laughs> yeah, so there's a little update, um, quite the temperature swing in one podcast, but yeah, we're recording this later, yeah. so things have changed since we last mentioned it, but uh, yeah, give us an update, and I guess give us your first card for your goals. So, I don't think there's a, any other way to describe it other than mild disappointment, Um so I mentioned that there was an offer I set forth um, towards a seller in St. Louis for Yeti Gaming, um, and I was worried he might consider it too low, and he did. I don't know if that was why he didn't respond. Maybe it was because of the holidays. It kind of lined up. Um, I don't know. That part really wasn't a big deal, and they want cash, like pure cash and i was worried that was like the only way i wasn't going to get the card if that's what they wanted um now you can argue the business model of turning down an x amount of cash last trade for overall value and have fluid money 
because um, you don't want too much cash sitting in one item. And because you want that money moving as fast as possible. Obviously, you want it profit right, but I, I, I get it. Like, he, he wanted cash. He didn't want to trade unless it was a very good stuff. I, I get that. Um, a little frustrated with the price he was trying to say. Because if you're saying 2000 cash, you're saying 2300 2400 essentially eBay value. And the price just isn't there yet for this card. Will it be soon? You and I both think it will be, but the market isn't there just yet. But you know what? Ultimately, in this hobby, you get collectors even when they're mainly sellers. And it's hard to get rid of a card if there's a certain price point you want, if it's a big card, if it's one of the best cards in the hobby, which this is. And it was frustrating. You know, I was really geared up. I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. But am I? Am I going to get it? Like, I had doubts. Like, I had doubts in my head bringing, like, like temper your expectations. Like, you're acting like you're, you're going to get it. And I didn't. And obviously, it's upsetting. But this is just like when this card, I thought, sold. That's another thing. Uh, uh, this card, I don't know what happened. Anyway, same it said card. it sold on eBay. Yeah, same card. The certain number was identical. I looked at it. Um, there was, I don't know if somebody, if it was a bot that this sometimes happened, bots and scammers will buy rare cars to see if you'll ship it without paying. Um, I don't know if that was the case. I don't know if somebody drunkenly like, Oh, sorry. I thought I had the money, but I didn't. I don't know if that was the case or, or you know, but I also don't, I'm going to give him the, him the benefit of the doubt, uh, but I was a little annoyed when in the negotiations he was like, "Well, their last two sold for nineteen hundred and twenty five hundred. I was like, "Stop, stop, stop, stop right there." Okay. Yeah, the twenty five hundred was his. Yeah. The same card the that same sold card. and didn't get paid for, or something, you know. Same certain number. Same certain number. I was like, "Let's just throw that out the window." Okay. So the market price I evaluated was correct. Essentially, I had the market price off eBay being somewhere between sixteen and eighteen hundred dollars. Um, I thought that was fair for market price, but 2000 cash. So the thing that makes sense to me is if you look at this cert number, it's got a six in front of it. It's like a six, three, I think. So, yeah, so that's like pretty early much like this year, I think. Yeah. Oh, like spring or something maybe. Um, and because of that, I'm wondering if what it ultimately is. Is there's a lot of cash that he's got in this. That's six seven, so that's like six months ago, <laughs> yeah. right? Something like that. Yeah, like, and it is a it is a good card. Like my whole take from it is that you know you offered like fifteen hundred, but a lot of your offer was like trade stuff, so you were. You know, we both were kind of expecting a wheel and deal because um, some of the stuff you're offering, you were kind of underpricing yourself because you were like factoring in how much you could make and whatnot. But I think the bottom line was, is like he's looking for cash and, you know, he pretty much said he was open to talk if it was at least 2000 cash. So that goes to show you there. You but, might even want more. You might even want more of the Duke Grant is what that also leads me to believe as well. Like he he is basically like you you know, you 
the conversation won't even get going until $2,000. So I interpret it as $2,000 is what he wants. Um, I think we might, might separate it with, but obviously like you're paying the all time market high. So that already is a tough pill to swallow to me. And because people are looking at this soul listing and most people are probably not connecting the dots that this card is still listed. People are taking a look at that and they're gonna be like, okay, so this card's already this price. So yeah. let me evaluate it based on that sale. That's what sellers are going to look at. Okay, 2500 So it's whether it was intentional or not, it's irrelevant. Its effect on the market is there. Yes, because I think it influenced the following sale at $1,900. The real actual high, all-time high on, on eBay. And it's frustrating because of that. But ultimately, I was going to give up to five to six hundred dollars in cash, and equivalent of about twenty five hundred dollars in trade, so mm -hmm. a three K value, more than he ever would have been able to get on on eBay, even after fees, and some of the stuff he would have been able to move fairly quickly. Other stuff not quite as much. Um, it would have taken a little bit of time, but the vast majority of it were items that were over a hundred dollars. The yeah. vast quantity. Now there were like cheaper slabs, yes, but that was ultimately only a couple hundred dollars overall. Not a big make or break. So clearly, ultimately, in my opinion, he's got probably thirteen hundred dollars in cash in it, if yeah. not more. And, and he probably he, understands he, too, like what we were thinking. Like it's likely going up. You're starting to see people talk about it more. Yep. And like, he's seeing that movement. Yeah. And he's like. At this point, when he first posted it, the price was outrageous. But now we're at the point where, I mean, we're almost there where it's going to start. I mean, by spring, it's going to be there, in my opinion. Which yeah. leads us to another thing I'll talk about in, in the future here, but or later in the podcast, but not just right this second. But Yeah, and I mentioned it before, like, you know, obviously we're talking about it because it's like your main goal but yeah it's uh it's a grail for me it is a true grail it's yeah i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say like it's one of those cards and i told you this before like i usually have like i don't know i guess it's a hunch you could say and i don't get this hunch too often but when i look into a card and like study a card more than others which has become this card because i'm also looking for one and it is also pretty high up on my list because of this feeling but i'm usually pretty spot on with a lot of these feelings um and you just get that from being around the cards you know for a while and seeing markets for a while and that's what i felt with my um 20th anniversary festa pikachu which has nearly doubled in price within a year, you know, since I bought it at the beginning of this year. And I'm just really feeling that with the Mario Pikachu. Yeah. I mean, even if the movie has like no influence, it just seems like, you know, kind of something else we talked about before where collectors who came in in the last two years, they're just after their sets, but now they're starting to, you know, really deep dive in the other stuff and 
this is the other stuff, and I think more eyes are on it every day. More people are finding it. Um, and, yeah, so we're we're essentially kind of seeing the delayed boom still with these promos because it's not well, a, it didn't really happen early on cuz people didn't know about them or they were too expensive but you know slowly but surely every day yeah. one more person can you know found the money to afford it takes so, it off the market yeah so i i just want to rephrase it like i understand where Vince is coming from i'm not bashing him or anything like no he's he's still been fair to me he's still been great to me so far so that's i i just wanted to want to iterate that frustrating that i couldn't seal the deal obviously i don't lose on situations very often like this when when i have my eyes on something i'm not used to losing um like i like like nathan kind of knows how i am when it comes to like pokemon go and other factors like that when i got my eyes on something and like i'm ready to go i will find a way to make that deal happen in my favor and rarely does it not so I know it sounds like pure entitlement, but <laughs> um, I, I guess it is a little bit. Uh, but like, ultimately, I, I get it. He's seeing the same thing we are, like you said, um, which has led me to ultimately go ahead and sell off the portion of the collection I was willing to sell for this card. And the reason being is, one, the value is going to be pretty much the same after the issue with uh, taxes and fees, although we, nobody knows what's happening at this point about that anymore. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to happen. So I, I get 65% essentially because you know my, my main job covers like the visual tax bracket, but this puts me to the point where okay, I'm now getting 65% on the dollar, assuming they get that tax through. So yes, I'm taking a hit. Well, oh, the overall the overall value I'm gaining. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that. But up front, I'm taking a hit on the cost. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm weighing the options of what is the best rationale to do. And we are seeing that this card is right at the door of twenty-five to twenty-seven hundred. And if I can get it for two to twenty-two hundred, so two thousand to twenty-two hundred, that four to five hundred dollar difference is more than I would lose upfront costs when it comes to what I would get in the trade value from Yeti. Yeah. The way I see it, the cost effectiveness, because the amount of time it would take me to sell this stuff on my own would be months, three, four months. Great. Right. Well, when we're talking about, I need to make my move by the end of February, we are on a true crunch and I got to make my move fast. So I'm still going in there on Sunday, which is the first. And he, he never responded to me about potential offer, whatever. He he was probably he was probably annoyed with me by then I'm sure, like he said like I don't want any modern stuff and the first thing he sees is like modern stuff and then for the first time ever he starts like contradicting my, my prices but it's like whatever I'm going in there this is what I want he hasn't denied me yet when it came to that like he had just explained to me certain cards he might not like but most of this list almost every card on this list is at least fifty dollars so yeah we we shouldn't have that issue but anyways. Long story short, selling all that, I already sold my um, end of era 323 SP promo, the one from the Precious Collector's Box. Unfortunately, I noticed a faint, well, there's three faint print lines on it, uh. plus with it, plus a 60-40 centering. I was like, both those factors combined, 
It's probably a nine. I might even get a hit with the eight, meaning I would get hit with a loss. Selling now when it's fluid. This market's fluid. I'm selling. It's only going to go down from here. Raw. Just get rid of it now. Like the cost effectiveness, if it was a nine with my expected rate, it would be. I mean, I might be making 20 bucks more. <laughs> yeah. And you do have to like, do a lot of that stuff in collecting. And I've done it before, too, where you sell something that you particularly might not want to sell, but no. your money, like you sell cards that are less likely to move for a card that moves and then you just buy the other cards back. It's like, you know, it's like option trading or something, you know, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're taking stock and then you got to buy it back and hopefully it's the same price, but you know, if it goes up, then you lose, you got to buy it back no matter what, if you truly want it. So, well, seeing as we are near the all, I should say all time low, but like we are at the low for these the, uh, for these markets. I mean, I am taking a loss on a few of the cards I'm trading, three of them in particular. Um, but it's not drastic. It's like probably a hundred dollars overall, like thirty percent. Like I bought these cards between a few of them, at, like between three and four hundred. But the way I see it is, at these same cards, I don't see drastically, randomly increasing in volume the next year too much. Yeah. Maybe 5%, 10% maybe, if that, like nothing major. So I'm like, okay, sell these cards, buy them back later on. Like, you kind of realize after you see the breadth of this hobby, going to trade stores, going to card shows, you start to realize just because you sell it doesn't mean you don't it's permanently gone. Mm -hmm. You can get it back. Like very few cards in this hobby are truly rare enough. If you sell it, you might've missed your opportunity. And the cards I'm selling, none of those fit that description and half the cards. I'm okay. selling. and I, I came to the realization like with some of them are my RCS AR cards. Yes, I am selling all but two of those which is the AR4 and AR5, the two best artworks by far. And I figured the nines I got, I'm like, I really don't want nines. I'd rather have tens in this set, so just sell the nines. So that was easy. And two of the tens, like I said, I'm not taking a huge loss, so just go ahead and sell it. And just move on to where your priorities are. Again, we mentioned that before, prioritization within the hobby. Yeah. This is us prioritizing. Sell cards now you know aren't going to increase much at all the next couple of years. And you can easily buy back again for a card that might be out of your price range relatively soon. And here's an example of that. Nathan, you mentioned it already a little bit about like having a hunch and kind of looking at other cards. Well, and a great example of this, in my opinion. So I, I consider the Mario Pikachu on the same tier as the 20th anniversary Festa. And the uh, um, team of pocket promos with Giovanni and Jesse James and Meowth. Yeah, that um, came in a special case. Yes, the Team Rocket special case. And what I noticed with these is that the nines for all these cards are pretty much over $3,000. Yeah. And I consider, we both would consider Mario in the same tier with those promos, right? Yeah, I would think so. Um, 
little different circumstances since it came in the box, but then again, it's so unique and iconic that it, it pushes up there a little more. That's exactly like it's it's more common than the Festa or the cases are, but this is where the popularity comes in. Uh, the popularity and desire of a card come in. And I think it counter-reacts the scarcity of the other two, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, with, you know, my story about the Festa, which we've heard many times, you might have to buy the card back at $4,000 above what you sold it at. But, you know, there's certain things like that. That's one of the cards I should have never sold. Like, I sold that card to buy, like, secret rares, but I should have been selling secret rares to buy that card or keep that card if I didn't have it already. So, you know, it's lessons learned, but if I didn't have that card and I needed $100 to buy that card, like, that's what we're talking about. Like, selling, like, Watsy Hollows to get 100 bucks to buy that card, which is pretty insane like most watsy hollows were like twenty dollars you know super mint condition at the time that that card was a hundred dollars and uh yeah how much rarer it is and worth it i mean yeah i mean the nines for the giovanni's almost is around five thousand dollars like that's one of the most expensive modern cards in the hobby and i think from what i saw with the team rocket with the uh or with the yeah, with Team Rocket itself, those were like 3K. So, you know, we're talking about potentially getting priced out. This is where prioritizing is so crucial. Pay $2,000 now or $3,000 next year. Yeah. Yeah, and it's those cards like that. Like, it's obvious those cards are all winners, you know, however long it takes for them to go up. Like, if you have modern cards that are like alt arts, you know, you'll be able to buy those back at any time in the near future. If you have an Umbreon VMAX, like, yeah, maybe the days are numbered where we'll stop seeing Evolving Skies packs, but there's three Evolving Skies packs in the Charizard UPC, which is still out there. So new ones are still getting pulled. People are still grading them. That card is not likely to go up in the next year. Whereas Mario... Yeah, with the movie is another factor. I know you don't you don't hold much weight to that, but I do, and I wonder if other potential would be buyers are as well. Yeah, and at this point, if like one person has the card and they watch the movie and then they make a post about that card, and that leads one person to be interested or one person to exactly. buy a card, mm-hmm. I mean that that's a huge factor because there's not very many available at one time so just one person being influenced is quite a bit when you're talking about these cards so when you're talking about a couple dozen yep and it's a it's honestly very likely very likely it's about to be a nightmare to get because i tell you what if you when you're trying to buy one of these cards like mario pikachu isn't quite there yet but it's gonna be there within a year or two where it's going to be hard just to buy the card if you have the money. Yeah. Because the Festa Pikachu was like that at the beginning of this year. Like, it was hard. Like, I searched for months for the perfect copy. I was searching for a raw copy to grade. 
and it took months. And uh, yeah, Mario Pikachu is going to be like that pretty soon. Just because there's not very many people who want to get rid of it. And, you know, one thing I couldn't help, but I'm still looking just like to, to type in random things to try to find like every promo. But if you look at the team pocket cards with PSA 9, there is almost, there's nine, it's non existent. It's like maybe one seller. And there's one seller that has both that wants 12,000. Yeah, I think like, that card's already there nine. for some reason. Yeah, it like, it's, yeah, it's hard right. to find. And I believe Mario is right behind there. And then eventually you're going to see Luigi make that jump too, the Luigi Pikachu. It's going to be, it's going to lag behind, but it's going to, it's going to be there too. I think it's going to be, yeah, Luigi, Mario and Luigi are the next ones. They're going to follow the same path. Yep. And, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. After that, maybe the Poncho Pikachus. That, that, that's, those are the only other ones I feel like, but those are also, some of those are on my list too, but they're further down. Yeah. But yeah, and then aside from that, like those cards we just mentioned, they're kind of in a league of their own. And yeah, that process is going to happen to those two. But yeah, literally, there is one, there is one posting for the two seventy seven, two seventy eight on eBay, from what I could see, and it's both of them. So yeah. you pretty much have to pay whatever he he wants. Like that's, that's another thing too. People want to sell these together a lot. And I was also going to mention KCCon. We didn't see a single Festa promo or a Team Rocket, Team Rocket or Giovanni. But we saw one Mario and Luigi set, and we saw like two or three Poncho sets. So that like, yeah, that explains our theory right there. Like next in line's Mario. Yeah, we only saw one of them. Next after that's Ponchos. We only saw like three of them. Ponchos might take another year or so. Um, simply put, because well, art wise, they're not quite as good as the other ones we mentioned. Like, are they? Like, I'm not like bashing on it by any means um because the art's still great right but like ultimately it's pikachu but we're in a poncho and with like kind of a cool background but like they aren't quite as good it's just like you know a full frontal i mean they're cool right and they are some of the best promos that there that there is but it's like i would say this is clear tier b in terms of the best promos in my opinion yeah but, I mean, I would love to have the Magikarp and Gyarados and the Matching Rayquazas. I don't give a shit about the Charizard. <laughs> uh, but, like, those are the ones I want. And, fortunately, those are cheaper, even in nines. They're, like, only... I should say I should say only, but they're, like, around $1,200 in nines. And, honestly, that's relatively affordable, I feel like, when we're talking with some of these other cards. Uh-huh. Um well, I mean, okay, the, the shiny Charizard one is pretty cool. <laughs> but, like, that, that is one of the best. But I still like the Rayquaza one better. But, um, but yeah. Yep, I, it's kind of like, but it'll be there, it'll be there before you think. Yeah, you got to choose your, your stuff wisely and just go for it. And every one of these cards, like, if you really want it and really want to secure the deal... Yeah, you can hustle and bustle some prices here and there. 
but it's going to take a long time. But mm-hmm. cards like this are the ones that you just have to kind of bite the bullet and, you know, maybe you can't get the Mario for 2000 but you just say, okay, 2200 just to get it done. Yep. And it is satisfying when you do that, but sometimes you just got to go up a little bit just to get it over with and also think of the time you're spending looking for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, ultimately I hate to say it, but like I will have, after selling my stuff, the cards in question, I will have what it takes. His, assuming his asking price is 2100 or 2200 and under, I will have that availability by the end of January. Um, and I will send him another email, be like, hey, fuck, this is a, fuck, this is a one, one and done offer, 2100 bucks or 2050. Take it or leave it. You know, that's or two thousand, or, or two thousand. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I, we'll see where things are in about thirty-five days. How much things will have changed, we'll see. I'm hoping we will have another auction come up, and it'll be under two. It'll stay under two thousand dollars, because we also had a CGC nine point five that sold for around two thousand. So clearly, the market is around, is between eighteen hundred and two thousand. I feel like seventeen hundred and two thousand. So we've gotten a huge bump from from so like a year ago, it was around like thirteen hundred, based on eBay sales. So it's made yeah, a jump. I think it's I, I think it's yeah right at nineteen hundred two thousand, or if you want to lock in the deal for sure twenty two hundred, but most people you know of course are listing twenty five hundred just to try to milk it. But well, yeah, you can always you can always go lower, but you can never ask for higher. So you market at two thousand, somebody's going to try to get you down to eighteen hundred. So you market at twenty five hundred, hoping hoping to settle around twenty two hundred. That's kind of the mentality. So that's kind of what I figure he wants. I will talk to him Sunday. Like I know we can't agree on a deal, blah blah blah, and for thirty five days from now. But are you willing to make that deal for two K cash? And if he says tentatively, maybe or yes, I'll hold I'll hold him to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll but see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, so this is the big card. This is a card I will be buying this year. Um, now, will there be another big card that I buy? Maybe. Um, the tax thing is pretty huge. By my estimates, I saved over about $2,500 to $3,000 uh, from my taxes for this year because of that. So I'll have to wait till after all my, all my taxes are done. But I might be able to get another one, honestly, at KCCon. Yep. The the it's lining up perfectly that unless I want to pull the trigger on like an Elsa for Lorcana, which I might, we'll see. I will be getting another big card this year as well because my focus has changed from binder sets to prioritization on these promos. And the way I see it is I can complete my – I was doing the math. I was like, you know what? Why am I focused on binder sets when literally I can complete my entire binder set I'm going for once I sell my Lorcana cards? I should be going after other cards. Like this sort of thought process is what made me shift that. And I realized 
I wasn't as far off to be able to purchase these cards. I, for a while, I thought these cards were unobtainable. Like, when I first got in the hobby, I didn't think I'd ever have the disposable income to pay for cards like this. Yeah, once you, once you crunch the numbers and got stuff to sell, you can move things around. Because essentially, you know, which people have lost money since the boom, but pretty much up all the way through the boom, or if you bought the right things and not what everyone else bought, like your disposable income is essentially what you put in, and most people have a lot more because their cards went up. So you don't realize how much you're, you know, you buy a $100 card here, you buy a $100 card there, and unless it was, you know, Pokemon Go set, you know, things have at least stayed the same. So later on, you can sell that $100 card to fund something else. You're just moving things around. Mm-hmm. But, Which is pretty much what I'm doing with my collection because I'm starting to identify with the true core collection is and what can be obtained later and i've shrunk down to my core collection being binder sets and my og cards and a few cards people got from me like a first edition psa 9 palitoad which is also a kokomiya art from uh what is it neo discovery and then i got a first edition psa 9 porygon too i, I love porygon <laughs> i just can't i just, and i also got that one as a gift so like there's Certain ones that are core collection that are decent value that I just I, I just can't sell, and you know I, I mentioned the PSA AR four and five RCS ones. You know it's just those are untouchable, but when you start to to prioritize and make prioritize what your true goals are in the hobby, you start to compartmentalize what you need, what you will never get rid of. And what's actually disposable because you'd rather have that money go towards something, as you mentioned, something truly scarce and rare than something just sitting in a car that's literally going to be the same price for the next two or three years, more or less. Yeah. Like in three years, this card's going to be $5,000 in a PSA 9 probably. Like, I mean, it, it's it's the, the it's right on, on, on the, the wall, dude. Like, okay. I know there's around 1,100 PSA 10s for the Mario and around 200 for the PSA 9. But so there could still be more, obviously graded. It could double for each category. Um, but this card, I think, is a future $50,000 card. Twenty to, or, So thirty dollars to $50,000 card in a 10. Like how, how far off are you you thinking? Uh, within ten years. Dang. <laughs> the festa it, it'll grow with the hobby. So as more and more as Pokemon kind of turns its I don't want to say back, but kind of goes beyond what they've done in past with these exclusive promos. Although they might be continuing with the Korokora Cora promo. We still don't know much about that. Um, but it'll be curious, it'll be interesting to see how this grows with the hobby. Because the Festa in particular, with the Gen 1 starters and obviously Pikachu, that right there, these are some of the most iconic Pokemon in the hobby. 
and this is the 20th anniversary. And it has the most iconic starters in the hobby. Yeah, like, it's and, just... I mean... And the pose, it, like... It just encapsulates, like, so much. Like, it is by far, like, just pure joy and perfection. But that's... So... Well, I'll talk about that here in a minute, but yeah, that that's a card. Yeah, I've, I've been talking about a bit, oh, quite a bit. <laughs> we, we we can come back to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that that's your main goal, right? Is Mario Pikachu and everything you just said was kind of your yeah, actions to some, get it, basically. Yeah, there's some other factors, and obviously things can change quickly, right? Like thirty days ago, this was not on. I mean, Mario has been written as a grail in my multiple pages of notes on my phone, on Google Docs. It's written as a grail. And it's Mario and Luigi, the RCS illustration cards from 09, and the 20th uh, anniversary Festa. Those are all my grails. And then, to a lesser extent, the uh, TV Tokyo um, Ash Ninja that has 100 copies. But that's to a much lesser extent. Um, but these are obtainable. These are still obtainable right now. And I don't know if I want to have the stonks with Elsa or if I'm trying to get, get in before it's too late for some of these promos. Like, that's ultimately going to be the decision I'm going to have to face. Mario Pikachu, I got that, no problem. Now, when I sell the Rakan Guards, I'll obviously be able to get the Luigi. But do I buy the Elsa for stonks to keep or to sell in a hype and just sell everything? That is the ultimate decision I face after I buy the Mario card. That is the next decision I face because I have to buy the Elsa by early April. Yeah. The, uh, well, maybe before then, because I mean, they already confirmed they're going to be talking about some gameplay mechanics in spring. Well, so, I said by early April, like that's that might be oh, pushing yeah, it. Gotcha. But yeah, so yeah, so like that's just like the deadline. If you don't get it by then, it could they, they probably have already recovered, and that PSA nine else is probably two thousand dollars. So, or you know, close to it. Right now, there's somebody that has one for fifteen hundred, and they can't even get rid of it. They'll probably take thirteen hundred. Like so, that's we're looking at close to the all time lows. So that's I think we'll see the all time lows in the next four to six weeks or so. Um, but that's another side part of, you know, we can go into everything I plan on buying when I sell work on, blah, 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 but I, I, I think until then, the, oh yeah, uh, before that, so yeah, my, my reasoning behind these cards being potentially $20,000. Now, it's, it, it might seem far-fetched, because, you know, it's a lot easier for a car to get to 1000 to 3000 or like 3000 to 5000 right? It's a lot easier for a car to make that jump. Now, making that jump from 5000 to 10,000 or 10,000 to 20,000 requires not just necessary demand, but true growth within the hobby. Because right now with a lot of people that are wanting these cards, they're pretty much under the age of 35, more or less, right? Yeah, pretty much. So most people that age don't have the means to be able to afford cards in that price range. But within about 10 years, when you're looking at between 40 and 50, 
that starts changing things because suddenly you got people more likely in their final position that, or maybe not their final position, but they're, they're truly in their career. They have money. Um, they might have received inheritance by then from their parents, uncles, whatever, from, from individual family members passing. So it allows the market to grow as its base ages. And that is why I think it could get to that point. Now, in 20, 30 years, I think the 10 could be like 80, 90,000. Now, now, we'll see. I mean, I know that seems crazy. I mean, but because it's hard to actually say how much there are, you know, and with everything. But I, I don't think that's outside the range of impossibility. Because if you're looking at what they're going for in tens or in tens, they're already beginning to reach some of the highest prices um, within the Pokemon TCG. Higher than most Watsy. Not all, but, you know, a good portion. Even approaching the price of certain gold stars. Yeah. Yeah, like with Lorcana, like, I don't know, my biggest thing about you buying more Lorcana is because it's a... You know, it's speculative. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, this other stuff is pretty well established. Um, mm -hmm. You'd be taking a gamble, and yeah, it could pay off big. But, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like, my Lorcana play for my set, you know, I have all tens and nines. I collect nines, if people don't know, and I sell tens usually. Sometimes I hold on to tens to sell at a later date. And that's what I'm doing with my Lurkana. So I plan on keeping a whole set as a 9. So essentially what I'm doing, since I only have two cards and a 9, I'm keeping the whole set. And then if it really takes off again, I'll sell my 10s and buy back the 9s right then and there. So. Well, yeah, I mean... So I'm kind of... I plan on keeping this set, but I also have 10s that I'm okay with selling. But... That kind of factors into my goals now, though. It's like, you know, I could just do that right now and buy a Mario. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, essentially I could do that right now and buy a Mario. And do I think the Mario is going to go up faster than Lorcana? Like, I think that's a safer bet, but I don't know. You know, or do I wait it out? and wait till Lorcana goes up and buy Mario that hopefully hasn't went up too much. So it's, I think the safer play would be to sell now and just buy the Mario because we're already seeing the signs on the wall. But yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I, I like Lorcana a lot, even though we hardly know anything about it. I want to keep a set just because I like them a lot. Um, so it's not as hard of a decision for me as if like I was going to sell them all and not buy them back. But lot, lots to think well, about. Yeah, I mean, my whole mentality with buying the nine would be the I would sell everything during this potential hype that we're speculating on, and I would keep the nine. I would keep the nine Elsa, and it would be the only Lorcana promo card I would keep. Yeah, that's kind of the th unless the prices got to the point where 
if I sold everything right then and there, it'd be like $80,000 or something like that. You know, it, it, it would get to the point where it's so like, it's truly life changing money. We're selling, not selling now would be the worst decision to make. Um, but that's kind of my thought process. Like that's, it would be having it. Yes. Potentially to sell, but ultimately to keep and then sell everything else. So I still have this rarest hell beautiful card and like what i what we think will be the crown jewel of of the hobby yeah yeah and like you know i'm sure at some point like i even have this in the back of my mind where i just sell all the extra stuff you know do another clean out essentially like i've talked about before and it's like you know i'm still having fun building my collection and growing it like number wise but there'll be a day at some point where I just sell pretty much everything except a select handful of cards, like literally a handful, like maybe 10 cards. And anything I buy after that, I might just buy more copies of that. Like maybe I'll sell everything and buy five copies of, you know, the Festa promo. <laughs> just hold on to that as like an investment. Um, but that that's long down the road when I'm old and done collecting and but I don't know that that big case that I bought that case club case I can't imagine me having that full of slabs and like keeping that many slabs for the long haul unless it's like 10 first edition charizards 10 festa promos <laughs> like something crazy like that but who knows? It'd be like a, a Kaiba case of uh, his blue eyes. But <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, that's one of my goals is just figuring out, you know, what the heck I'm going to do when those times come. Um, I had about, going into the new year, I had about 500 bucks that I was going to buy binder cards on. So I might just set that aside as a Mario fund. And so my first thing of the new year might be trying to crunch the numbers in order to buy Mario like you're doing. Um, so yeah, if that entails selling my Lorcana 10s for 9s, that'd be the easiest way to do it right there. That'd be, you know, for sure, no problem. Or if I... Uh, if I find a PSA 9 Festa promo, that's another thing I might face next year. Is like, do I sell my 10 of my Festa promo and buy that in the 9? Because that was the only card I had in the 10 there for a while this year. Um, but if there was one card I would have in a 10, like that's the one I'd want it to be. But it's also like instant $3,000 that I could have in my pocket if I sold it and bought the 9. So that's like yeah, a Mario yeah. Pikachu and my Poncho Pikachu that I'm looking at. So it's kind of insane when you're talking those numbers. It's like, well, I'd be happy with a nine. And not to mention, I'd have these two other amazing cards, you know. So some, some tough decisions. Ultimately, my main goal is just to strategize, starting with Mario. And then after that, I don't know what. But... We'll see how it goes. I was just going to say, there's only one, from what I see, uh, PSA 9 20th Anniversary Festa available, and it's basically 
4800 or best offer. I mean, you're probably looking at dishing out 3500. Yeah, I mean, I mean on eBay thinking. probably 4000. Yeah. Or 4200 unless I could talk to him off eBay or something, but yeah, and then but, a 10 just sold for 6600. So, well, that's why you can't, I can't fathom it being four thousand when the ten didn't even hit seven. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's I think a ten a nine should be a, no more than sixty percent of in most cases, right? Than than the ten, and so I mean you're looking at like thirty three hundred. Yeah, but if they might one comes up for auction, like I might, I might yolo and try for it, but. Because I would think, yeah, an auction would be low three thousand, maybe, um, but it's hard to say. Because that that nine you're looking at, that's the only one that's been on eBay for a long while. Most of those are tens, um, so yeah, it's really hard to find the card in general. But to find a nine, that's the first one I've seen since like I was looking at the beginning of the year for this one I have now. Granted, I hardly ever checked for it in the summertime because I already had it, but there's not yeah. very many at all. But let me look at the uh, sold listings here, see what there was. Uh, I was about to, about to take a look at, at the price trend because if you take a look at the price trend, oh, come on now. Because if you take a look at the price trend, it usually pulls up most of the cards in it, so it's relatively accurate. And it goes back as far as a year. Yeah, December eighth, a Festa ten sold for sixty two fifty, and then the last one that just sold less than twenty days later sold for four hundred dollars more. That was from Probstein. That's a very well known eBay account. Yeah, I'm only seeing two sellers on my end for the PSA 9, April and September. And it sold for around $2,000. And it was, one was a buy it now, one was um, an auction. That's what I'm seeing. So if you're, if you're saying $3,000, that means this did a 30% growth in, one, in just a few months, essentially. Yeah, and that's about what they were when I looked, like, in February or January. So they were pretty stable for a few months, but then, yeah, this summer, just that card in general took off. All the Festa promos are great. There's one with the Gengar on it, but... Yeah, I like that one. There's the re they're basically, with the end of era promos that they're doing, they're pretty much... It's the reinvention of those cards, more or less. Yeah, you can buy all those in a ten for under a thousand bucks, and then you have this twentieth anniversary one that's just pew way yeah. above them. Yeah, and that was at a specific. I I can't. I'd have to look it up. But it was at a specific tournament. It was a big one. Um, you just had to participate or be there. Yeah. I can't oh, what was it? Yeah, it was I can't a, remember one, one in Japan. It was like one in Japan. They handed out to... I, I can't remember if you had to have a certain amount of points. 
Yeah, there's one with uh, Lunala and Solgiago I'm not a fan of. It's just kind of just meh. But um, Looks, they do have it was It was given to all who participated in the 20th anniversary Festa. So it was only one event on October 10th, 2016. It's held at Tokimesi Niigata. So you're probably talking about maybe a couple thousand. Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to try to see how the, uh, or how many participants. I found this article from 2016 itself. There's details on the event. But I do like the Battle Festa with the Mewtwo's and Hoopa. That's one of my favorites. The two Hega Mewtwo's. The yeah. best mechanic ever. Mega. Yeah, that, that one I, I do like a lot. And yeah, the one with Gengar is pretty cool too. Then you got the Battle Festa. You got that Japanese promo with Shiny Magikarp. That's pretty cool. I'm looking at the uh, the event details, like literally the event itself. I'm trying to see if they have any mention of how many were there. But it does not say. There was three different age groups. But, yeah. They got special hollow energies from there, too. And then they have a victory ring of gold, silver, and bronze for each of the winners. Yeah, there it is, lighting. I'm, I'm at the Bulbapedia page now. Yeah, it, it, this thing only has like a line <laughs> of release information, and that's it. There's a, uh, if you search for, what did I search for? 20th anniversary festa held at Toki Messi Nagata. Like I just copied it from that one line and searched it. There's a Nintendo Wire article from 2016 that leads you to like an article they wrote about it. And then in that article, there's a like you can find out a, a, more about the event here. And there's a link to the Japanese website that you can translate, and it tells you like all the details, but it doesn't say how many were there. I guess it's several thousand. I mean, I think that's a pretty good good guess. Plus, whatever they had on hand, right? Yeah. So it's under five thousand for sure, but over a thousand is my guess. So if I would estimate, I would guess at twenty five hundred. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at that picture on the tables, I mean, there's like 100 kids at each table and then like four tables. I mean, it could be like a 1,000 pretty reasonably, but we just don't know. But, yeah, you got any, I guess you kind of summarized your whole, your entire goals there with what you're planning well, on doing, but the only other thing would be yeah, when Lorcana comes, which I'm sure we'll have another update episode by then. Yeah, I mean, that's 
that that one is more we'll see um like a lot of it comes down to how much taxes i do and end up owing owing to um and everything that comes down is how much i get from a quarterly dividend of an investment i have uh that's another factor like if i get a good amount that will change things i'm only factoring a very small amount uh i, I didn't get any <laughs> this this quarter which is another reason why i had to sell uh from my personal collection instead of from using some of my quarterly dividend I had as, as unfortunate, but it is what it is <laughs> with, with everything else, like every market's in the crapper. So yeah. I don't know what I was even thinking, even expecting a quarterly dividend, honestly, looking back, I guess I was foolishly optimistic, uh, but I am optimistic. We'll see a rebound with what my investment is and, we will see a nice little dividend um, come, I guess it'll be March, won't it? Yeah, March. And maybe it's quite a bit, and it's more than I expect, and I will be able to pull the trigger right then and there. Um, but yeah, long story short, some of, the, some of the options I might go will be ELSA, uh, PSA 9. If I don't, if, if I miss my opportunity for that card, what I'll end up doing then is probably just get the Luigi at the con, but most people want those to be together. So we'll see about that. But that's kind of what I'm thinking is either the, the Luigi or the Elsa. Um, I'm going to make it everything I can do to make the Elsa happen because it doesn't matter the way I see it. I'm not going to be able to get the, any card until probably mid spring or June so with that in mind, I'm probably going to have to shell out $2,000 for the Luigi is kind of what I'm assuming. Uh, so, yeah, basically you're looking at Elsa, Luigi be my next big purchase. And when I sell Arcana cards, all of my binder cards I want done. And I don't know if I'm going to go for the ponchos, just get that out of the way before they go up. Or if I'm going to try to make a run for a 20th anniversary battle festa. I, it's kind of hard to say which ones I'm, I'll make a run for because they will be about the same amount. Because I'm going to go for all four ponchos at the same time for like the, the car pair and the, um, and the Rayquaza pair. Because while those aren't necessarily as high as on my list... If I'm going for these other cards, I might as well just go for those two. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. And because they are pretty much all in the same tier, more or less. So you know, basically, do I want to go for having four awesome cards in the hobby or do I want one of the best in the 20th anniversary? That's pretty much what it's going to come down to because the cost about 5K for PSA 9 or 5K for those four cards and nines. They're going to be pretty close, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say something, then I forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah, the uh, oh, I think it was about the poncho. Like, I'm okay with like a certain set of cards of only hold like owning one. Like of all the scream cards, I sold the rest, and I only own Mimicky right now. Yeah, I may buy them back down the road, but. You know, I can do that with a lot of things. I I bought the Beauty Looking Back and the Cramorant. Like, I'm okay with just owning the Beauty, but I can always sell the Cramorant down the road. 
But with Lorcana, like, I like that whole set because it's essentially the first edition base set. Like, you have the first released cards, and there's only seven of them. And it's just a nice set to have. Maybe I could sell it down to just owning the Mickey, even though that's not the most expensive. It's just something to, you know, hang on to for just a keepsake. But, yeah, things would have to come my way that I would need to purchase to uh, to get back up. But my priority right now is, yeah, crunching the numbers for a Mario and then reevaluate after taxes. You know, I'm not going to be buying much. The only poncho that I want is the uh, shiny Rayquaza one where Pikachu has like a little side growl. You know, it's the only one where he's like in a not so straightforward pose. So that's kind of cool to me. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be tough out there. I think a lot of people are kind of buying up the ponchos as well. They're getting harder to find. The one I want specifically is the XY207. I don't think there's a single one up for... Is that the, Charter, is that the shiny Mega Charizard? Yeah, I think, shiny, yeah, I, think the, I said Rayquaza, but it is the uh, shiny yeah. Um, yeah, Mega Charizard. All right, I guess that's Mega Charizard. Uh, what is it, X? Yeah, is I think so. Because yeah. I was saying shiny, because that's that's, but it's not. It's like X and XY. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's why I think Rayquaza, because it it's black like shiny Rayquaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, finding that in the nine, it's just kind of like the Mario, where it's not as hard as the Festa. They're out there, but they're getting harder. There's a ten on here right now for thirty three hundred, but I don't think there's any nines. So, yeah, Mario Pikachu, that card. What else do I have on my saved list? Um, a not awake Pikachu, PSA nine. Mm. So that that's something too. Um, it's the birthday Pikachu in Japanese, but it's from the uh, Not Awake magazine, volume six. And uh, it's the cooler one. It's only, you know, a thousand bucks for a nine listing. So maybe you could get it lower than that. Here's one for eight fifty. So if I sell those Lorcana cards and have extra cash, this would be one that I pick up just because it's a little, you know, less. But yeah, aside from Mario, that Poncho, this one, and maybe the card ass card file set, where. You know, it's the checklist with all the Kanto starters on the front. You know, that one's up there for me, too. But those are really the only four big cards that I really want. I guess after that, maybe the Jesse James Meowth rocket card. I don't really like the Giovanni at all, so that's the only one I want there. But... Yeah, after those five cards, though, I'm going to have to sit down and think, like, really what I want to do with my collecting because those are really the only big chase cards that I've had on my list for a while now. And you go after the... uh, Getting close. The 2010 Illustrators. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not big on the Illustrator cards. It'd be cool to have one of each, like, my favorite 
Arceus, my favorite Zoroark, or something like that. There's some Pichus out there. But, yeah, they're well, pretty pricey, you'd have too. A better chance. Yeah, and so you have the better chance with the Zoroarks than you do any of those of the others. I haven't, I haven't looked at those in a while, but I'm sure they're still pretty pretty rare. Yeah. But yeah, those are my goals right now. I I see myself getting a Mario soonish, and then not doing anything until you know taxes are done. But then summer, you know, moving into KC Con. I'll probably bring a stack. You know, I might bring my Lorcana tens. I might bring my Festa, just in case I see something. You know, if I well, s- if I see a nine Festa somehow at KC Con, might try to work up a deal. But I'm bringing all the options because I don't have a clear goal after Mario. It's just a bunch of different scenarios, and I don't know which one I'm going to choose. But. Yeah. I kind of feel you, although I am leaning Elsa. But since you mentioned that, I was curious. I wanted to look up myself. I was curious what the pop report was for the 20th Festa. And how many nines do you think there are graded? Uh, nines? Nines. PSA 9 of the 20th Anniversary Festa. Well, what's the total graded? And then I'll tell you how many nines and tens. 780. 780, huh? I bet there's all graded. I bet there's only like a hundred ish nines. 45. 45? Oh my god. (laughs) That's probably why you haven't found any or you rarely see them on eBay because there's only 45. I I didn't know how many there were. I I assumed there was probably around like a thousand, fifteen hundred graded to this card. I mean, there's it makes sense. Most of them are tens. It does, but since you had to participate, so they're like six hundred tens, seven hundred two tens, seven hundred two tens out of seven eighty. So it's pretty much like, yeah. Or, but you know, really there's a really great ratio. Yeah, I mean, they were obviously better quality cards, right? For one thing, probably the centering would be like out the gate would be most cards issues for these, I imagine. But at seven oh two. I mean, you have to wonder, first off, if we kind of think there's there's a couple thousand, there's a lot of people, Japanese collectors, that won't let this card go because they want to participate in, in this event. 2016, yeah. one of the first hypes in Pokemon. Then this, you won it, like you earned it. You earned it because you were there, you participated. There's a lot of sentimental value tied to that. So that's why... In my opinion, this card can get to a lot of money. It'll get until you'll see people start selling them because it hit a certain amount of money, but then the same thing will happen. It'll go into collectors' hands to have the money where they don't have to sell it. That's why I think this card is potentially a future, you know, $50,000 card in a 10. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, 45. So, yeah, I, I need to have that card, like, at every event just in case one pops up. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be thrilled to be able to go to this next one because I'm gonna have a lot more money to play with. I was on a strict budget um, when we went last time, but if I don't pull the trigger on an Elsa in the spring, I'll be ha- I'll be a- I'll be coming with a lot of money willing to spend. 
willing to buy a big card, and I, that's pretty exciting. Both of us could leave there with a huge card. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pretty wild, but I guess that pretty much wraps up our goals, huh? I think so. I, I think the last thing I was just going to say is, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't mention this in the beginning, but yeah, I'm basically going up to sell the cards at Yeti, and I will keep you informed about the cost. We've been, my essence have been pretty close to what we've we've ag- agreed with, so I'm, I'm excited for that, and yeah, right ready to get the ball rolling. Now I just got to be patient. Trust me. This was the Mario is all I was thinking about the last two weeks. And I was just like, well, why is he messing back? Why is he? Oh, I know. As he responded. Him. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I responded to you a lot about that. I probably annoyed you a little bit, but, uh, every single um, day, like I wake up to a text. <laughs> okay. So I crunch the numbers. I do this. I do this. I sell this. I'm like, uh, yeah, sounds good. Go for it. Then uh, that evening. All right, yeah, so if I do that. <laughs> but, yeah I, yeah, I know the feeling. That's how I get to. And yeah, it's exciting yeah. once you get close. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. And notice how we don't have anything beyond KCCon in terms of expectations. We It's just a blank slate. Just kind of a lot of, like, we'll, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to be going with the flow. Um, I mentioned to you, I'll probably... You know, be chilling this year. A lot of my selling, I don't really want to do much online because of the taxing enacting. Yep. Um, so if you guys didn't know, you know, you get a 1099 if you sell over 20000 in sales and you got to report all that to the IRS and blah, blah, blah. Well, the big $600 thing, you know, they were implementing this year. Anybody who sold over 600 bucks got that form. So you had to really like be sure to claim taxes on anything over 600 bucks. Um, you know, prove your losses, prove your sales, prove your business costs. And I was pretty much going into 2023 um, you know, just not going to buy anything till tax season. I had a stack of cards I was going to sell to cover all the taxes and, you know, move on from there. But with this enacted, like, I hurry up and listed everything I could before the new year. <laughs> I got a bunch of cards ending tomorrow night. So I'll reevaluate things. Um, but, yeah, overall, it's going to be pretty boring for me. Aside from buying Mario, probably going to wait till taxes are all cleared and, you know, might open up an LLC type thing, even though... It pretty much only protects you from essentially being sued. You know, it Mm -hmm. protects your personal assets. So I don't really deal much with people to, you know, where it really makes sense because you're not really benefiting anything on taxes by doing it. But, you know, I could see myself, you know, laying the groundwork of like a business type thing. Because like I said, aside from those four or five cards I mentioned, there's not really any bigger cards that I want. So I'm going to take this year slow, really plan out my moves, you know, build a foundation where, you know, going forward, I can maybe open up like a side uh, middleman service or something like that. Um, but yeah, I would, I would make sure I'd want to do it the right way where you could like track your stuff and do all that crap. But 
Yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be a boring but pretty important year. What is that noise? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> My cat's playing with uh, the food puzzle. Oh. We got him for for Christmas. So. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's he, he's he's been pretty good so uh, so far uh, the last few few episodes. So yeah. he's doing his thing. Um, yeah. Well, guess we can. Uh, I'm pretty much hopping the next section with that, or yeah, uh, yeah, I I think so. Like, I think we'll the next episode you will get I'll be able to give an update, and hopefully by the episode after that, I might be like, okay, it's it's about to go down. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, let's uh, move on in. I think we got a couple questions. I think we're going to skip the game this time. But uh, yeah, we got a couple questions we'll tackle real quick. And uh, then we'll move on. So my question is, what is your New Year's resolution in Pokemon for 2023? Uh, so I know mine... I we've kind of dabbled in this a little bit, um, with the topic, but I don't think we quite touched the subject. So, yeah, my main one, um, you know, the generic answer is focus on my goals, kind of like I just explained in my spiel, but more specifically, is you know just stick to things. I want to make more videos on YouTube, um, you know, get in a routine, maybe do a live every week where I hop on and just look through my collection. People can hop in there every week if they want to ask me questions. Um, just, just get a routine down, just be more involved and stick with something. And that includes my goals and my YouTube and everything, so... Just kind of be more consistent and stick with things. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Um, Mine's uh, not too far off. I don't want to say it's necessarily consistent. Um, My biggest thing, I think, for this upcoming year will be sticking to a budget. Um, I've gotten pretty good about it overall. (laughs) It's just sometimes, oh, I got to get this card, like the Arceus card that came out not too long ago was one of those. I've had a few of those. And yes, I've broken even on every single aspect of those cards this year by some of the stuff I've traded in and end up selling. But ultimately, I'm trying to stay focused on the core goals and some of the big grails. I want to stay true to that. I want to stay focused on that. I don't want to get distracted by awesome cards that they'll probably release for Scarlet Violet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you know, there is a Ash promo coming. You know, there is, or an Ash card of something like that. And, oh, but you know, also they're going to print that thing to the ground. It's frustrating not to have to feel like you need it. But here's something we've seen with Pokemon is like nowadays their new MO. Is printing heavily desired cards to the ground, i.e. Charizard UPC. Yep. Exhibit A. So there's no more of these hidden like gems with getting promos. Well, there was one. That was the most recent end of era promo. But like even then, 
they printed that a lot, and that's going to be graded to death. So, but ultimately, I think that's my biggest thing is sticking to my core goals and budget, not getting distracted by ancillary goals because I just love this hobby. And it's hard not to sometimes get distracted, like, you know, ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> you know? So that would be me. That would be what I would be doing in 2023. Nice. Yeah, I feel like I've been pretty good at that. Like, every time a new set comes out, I try not to get excited about the alt arts. And, yeah, there sure is a lot of special arts that I want, even though they're, like, $2 a piece. But... You can't get caught up in the current hype. Like, what you want to do, if you collect like me, where, you know, you don't collect the whole set. You just buy one or two of your favorites. Like, after the new set comes out, Scarlet and Violet, I'll look back on the entire era of alt arts and pick my top two or three from the entire selection. You know, if you string yourself along and, and buy, like, the Lugia alt art, you know, there might be a better alt art that you want later down the road that you now can't buy because you spent money on Lugia. And with all those cards being modern cards, there's more being opened every single day. The price is, you know, trickling down every single day. You know, just take your time with it. Mm -hmm. And when and you, you can look back and you have more options and, yeah, that Lugia might not be the best alt art ever, you know, three sets later. You know, there, yeah. there could be another Lugia. So. Even better. Or Greninja. Yep. Which is gonna make which is gonna be my true test if they still do alt art, which I assume they will inscribe Violet. If they come out with a Greninja, that's gonna be a true test. Yeah. Like they did like a character rare thing for Lapras too, but like that'd be another one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm good at that also because I have a backlog of old cards, like the ones I mentioned tonight, you know, where if the money comes or an urge comes, like I have a backlog. So maybe I'll need to practice that more for like 2024 once these goals get complete. But yeah, just set your goals and stick to them. Yeah, I will say I do experience from time to time there is uh, at a local card shop that's beginning to dabble more in Pokemon They've been having like really cheap Japanese cards, like from current sets, like character rares, and English sets for like a dollar. Near mint, like probably PSA 10 based on first inspection of like special character rares and Japanese character rares. And it's so cheap. Like I buy like eight cards for 20 bucks and it's dirt cheap. And those cards, these are the cards, the ones I mentioned, character rares and, um, a few other ones where, yeah, they're a dollar now, but in a couple years, those are going to be like five to ten dollars easy in near mint condition, like yeah. you know, like five five years or so. You know, when that sets out of print, when the packs are like twenty bucks a pop, suddenly those in near mint will be like ten bucks. So yeah, you spend a dollar on it, and if it's near mint, ten fifteen bucks. I mean, you might as well get it graded, and you will double your money. <laughs> yeah, I need to go in there and look. Because, yeah, I need to, I only collect Japanese of cards that I like. I just like the aesthetic of it more. But, yeah, I need to scoop up some of those character rares for sure. Yeah, I got the Japanese Hayden collection 
uh, or Venusaur from the Bogos set that was 100% a PSA 10. Yeah. And I'm, I didn't send it to grade because I want to keep the car. But the, and I only bought that for like eight bucks. <laughs> yeah. Like five or eight bucks or something like that. And it's a 10 when I grade it. So that's a $50 card based on the last eBay sold. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like certain stuff like that is what I would be doing to, to get the edge off. Like if it's been three months since I bought anything and I'm not trying to make a stupid purchase, I would do like a $25 purchase like that. I was getting ready to say, like, if I needed to buy something, like, I would start scratching my itch of the character rares, you know, spending two or three bucks on a couple cards. Like, that's exactly. what I would do. So, all right. You feel accomplished, but you don't spend anything. But, yep. guess the other question that we thought about making a game, but we'll just ask it as yeah. a question. Um, so we can do this one pretty quick, but what's your top card of 2022, whether that be what you think is the best card that came out, the most expensive card, the most beneficial card to you, your best played card? Like, what's your top card of 2022? I, it's not anything special because I mentioned these both this episode, but the 323 um, end of era promo with Pikachu and the RCS Golden uh, Secret Rare from the from Beastar Universe. Those are my top two cards for for this year. But what's the top one? Ah, uh, that one's hard because I like them both for different reasons. I like the 323 promo because of the texture, because of the color, but. The RCS one's more jaw dropping. Um, I'll go with RCS. <laughs> yeah. So crazy RCS. Yeah, mine mine's like three factors. If I had to pick a card that was personal to me, it's probably that beauty looking back Pikachu, even though it technically technically came out last year. I finally yeah. got that card this year and it's been a pain like more than any other card to get for me for some reason. A, there's not a lot of nines available because they grade 10 pretty easy and that's what I was trying to buy. But I've tried to buy that card like two separate occasions and either the seller didn't send or it was lost or whatever. But it was just a very long, like month long process every time that happened. And it just took me a long time to get that card so much. I had to pay another hundred dollars pretty much to get it, but I bought it already graded. So I didn't have to worry about that. So that's nice because what eventually happened is it, it was so long. Like it's like, well, if I grade this card and it gets a 10, like I've already missed the boat. So I might as well wait until the actual graded ones get cheaper and, that's what I did, and it paid off. So if it was a card that I like the most that I know is going to do well, it's probably that End of Era promo from the Precious Box. Mm -hmm. The Japanese, like, out of all cards this year, you know, we had a lot of contenders last year, like the Beauty Looking Back and some of that stuff, but, like, the Moonbryon, but... This year, there really wasn't much. There's a lot of really good alt arts, but there wasn't many good, like, big promos. 
And not only is that a big promo, it's like one of the best we've had in the last few years. So, mm-hmm. well, that's definitely a car that you know it'll be safe and nice. It reminds you of the Festa cards; like it's got great artwork, looks great. So that would that would probably be the the one for me if I had to pick and give an award for it. Yeah, I like that. I think one reason why we didn't quite get that is because the Charizard UPC promos were, and the Charizard special delivery ones were so printed to oblivion that I think that they got overlooked because of their lack of scarcity. Um, See, that was my third factor. Like, as far as, like, who stole the show, I would put the Charizard UPC and the special delivery Charizard as the card of 2022 just because Pokemon just blew the caps off everybody and said, hold my beer, and they got the job done. Iconic cards, everyone wants them, and everybody can have them because they were just printed to oblivion, and I love that. (laughs) Well, and I think at this point we're in the age where you can't really scalp right now. Um, And I I know this is anecdotal, but I kind of... you're seeing a certain amount of flux of people leaving the hobby temporarily. I think in part because of the market with some of their cards, they suddenly their, their stuff isn't worth anything. They they're upset. They're, they're burnt out and other factors in life have them doing other things. And it's obviously like health never been healthier as well. But I wonder if there's a little bit of column A, a little, little bit of column B as well going on. And it's great for the hobby as a collector overall. But you just kind of have to wonder. I think we're still a ways away from having this other hype, which is a whole other thing. But I know you think there might be one coming. I think we're several years away. It, unless we have like a Stranger Things phenomenon occur. Um, where it's featured on some sort of hip show that everybody loves, like Change your things, obviously, and it just sends people go nuts over it. That's that's what would make me think of a potential hype to get more people in. But right now, it's just a kind of a slow trickle. People in our generation, their kids are starting to get involved. Yeah, it's just I don't know. People, people sure still tried to scalp that Charizard UPC. Oh, they tried. Like I was they the tr- only one who ordered one box out of at least ten plus. And the guy behind the counter said those 10 plus ordered the maximum of six. So people. I wonder if they paid in full. I wonder if they paid in full too. A lot of people did because, you know, the talk of the internets was that, you know, you're less likely to get your order canceled paying in full. So that's what I did. Granted, I only ordered one box. And from, I think it was Shining Fates release, I know our GameStop, like, make sure everyone gets one before everyone gets mm-hmm. two. Yeah. So they have that kind of system. So I'm like, well, I just want to make sure I get one. And that's all I'm going to get because, yeah, these are going to be crazy. And sure enough, I mean, sadly, a lot of people who did that are likely the people who only got into the hobby in the last two years and bought, you know, the casual stuff. And they're losing on that as well. I'm sure some people felt like, okay, finally an opportunity to make money in Mm -hmm. this down market. 
and then just went all in, and they got burned there as well. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to have some uh, rough experiences, but in the end, if you're in the hobby for the right reasons, you're winning. Just like winning, yeah, just like Coaching. in 2020. If you were in it before 2020, you were, uh, you know, in it just for collecting because there wasn't much money to be had, even though it was stay stable and healthy. But yep, just collect what you like, be in it for the right reasons. The organic growth is becoming more and more. I just played D&D &D tonight, and his daughter, who's five, had a stack of cards on the table. And he said, hey, you know, so-and-so got these for Christmas. Let me know if there's something good in there. Like, I saw multiple posts of people's Christmases, like random, casual normies whose kids, you know, are into Pokemon. So it's not like like people I know who are for sure not into Pokemon or anything nerdy. Like they're buying their kids Pokemon cards. Like the drive is still there, just like it always has been, if not more now, because it's thriving. And that's why I think a boom could be coming. Like if there's any uptick, like if Pokemon is booming like this and like this downtrend of a market in general. If there's any uptick whatsoever or any sign of the sun on the other side, like, who knows what could happen. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I noticed that a little bit. Like, my, my friend, his sister got him, like, an adult got him just a few packs of cards. And he's like, I was like, what'd you get? And he was like, a surfing, I was like, is there any polar? She's like, a surfing Pikachu and something else. I was like, surfing P Pikachu, that sounds like celebration back. <laughs> uh, but... Um, yeah, I mean, and then I had an air friend, I didn't even know, bought packs, bought a few Pokemon Go packs, and he bought a bunch. There's a few mm -hmm. friends I had like that, and they're still buying packs here and there. I'm like, wow, that kind of, like, people you wouldn't even expect by, like, adults were buying cards. That actually completely threw me off, because I was not expecting that. And when that happened, you realize how many of the people, like, are just like him that do are a good portion of the hobby. Yeah, and like this and random like, like normie person that I work with, their kids, you know, the kid that I saw in the picture, he not only had the cards, but he had like a four by two binder. So he, he was like collecting cards in a binder. So like it's there, it's everywhere. You just might not see it. So Yeah, which, you know, there's, I still think that the, Precipice of the next hype is, as I mentioned, the Stranger Things phenomenon, but it could be something else. Like, well, who knows, really? I, I We are a ways away, though, in my opinion. We are multiple years away, in my opinion. Um, but who knows? I, I, I could be wrong, and you could be right, so we'll see. Yep. But, yeah, I guess... That will about do it for this episode. It's uh, been a pretty solid one. And we will see you guys next year, I guess. Next year? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> yeah. Don't know, <laughs> don't know what the topic is now, but we'll figure it out and we'll see you then. Happy New Year. Until next time. See you.